Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello. Okay. I'm excited to talk about Lucy, and I feel like they prepped the whole town, because I feel like the whole town has been preparing us for this moment. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I do you know what I mean? Like, let's elaborate a little bit. Okay. You're right. Other people are listening. It's just not me and you <laughs> spending an hour doing this. You know? Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> just, no, we're not going to do that. So I just mean that, like, like recently, y- we've been getting a little bit of Lucy attention, right? Like, rather, yes. like, like even the way Robert reacted to Anna being like, you use Lucy. There's just a bit of Lucyisms, Like, you know, like Robert being like, you use a Lucy civilian or just people making comment of her being like resilient and strong and all that stuff. Is, is sort of what I mean. No, fair. Yeah, Dante made mention. Oh, gosh, even yeah. Lucy talked about herself in such a silly way about the nurse's ball and what she's gone through in life and she can handle things. Yeah, I just hope it's, this is one of those things that she can handle because clearly I, it didn't, it didn't end up this week or I didn't get to any answers. I, I thought things would go a little bit different. So I don't know if I'm forgetting things, but what I do know <laughs> is I started... Mm-hmm focusing more once she got dressed up in black to head to the pier like I feel like the rest uh-huh. the, I've kind of blacked out and just completely ignored <laughs> um, like I just have um and so like again Anna has decided you're no longer needed and I'm a little bit livid when it comes to Anna yes um just because like let's let's not forget that this whole pulling in of the Lucy had zero to do with taking down Victor and everything to do with her wanting to know what her boyfriend was hiding from her. She completely dismantled, you know, the life that her and Martin had. You know, Lucy's a busy girl. She, sorry, busy. (laughs) Lucy's a busy woman. She runs a company. She's super rich. She has, you know, Martin. And Anna just, when, when blackmailing... Her boyfriend's bestie didn't work, slash lawyer. Um, She went for Lucy. And she threw Lucy at Victor. And all of it was kind of gross from the get-go. And there were so many times when this started that I wish Lucy would just rat her out, like, just straight up. But she didn't, even though I found, like, Anna's threats to be really weak in terms of convincing Lucy. I 100% agree with you. And... My favorite part, one of my favorite parts of the whole week was when Martin described his perspective of Anna. I totally agree with you. I was so thankful um, to Martin for calling her out like that. You know, um, using words, like telling her like you're obsessed and desperate and, you know, pointing out how her way of doing things isn't so different um, than Victor's because even I, I think this part was maybe a conversation with um, I think this might have been with Robert because I wrote this down something mm-hmm. about the mission getting away from her and obviously I feel like Robert would have said that yes because she First, tends to do that a lot and I wrote a sarcastic remark well this is new um, and so <laughs> I, I <laughs> and um Oh, yeah, that was really bad, too. She couldn't even answer why she made the choices she made about Lucy. So in my head, I'm like, your judgment has not been repaired. Because that was also a thing, you know, where she, where, like, 
oh, I hate that. Because she did it at first when, when the whole Peter thing came crumbling down where she didn't really take accountability. She did, mm-hmm. she did that thing that like um, Nina does where she just itemizes the bad things she does but doesn't really take responsibility for it. <laughs> yes. So it's like with Robert, she's like, I know my judgment has been so-and-so in the past. But currently, I can't explain why I've done what I've done, but I need you to trust me. So that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's her vibe. And yes. um, something else I wrote, actually, when I, I believe this was like at some point, I think maybe when she was with Robert, I just kept thinking to myself, in all honesty, is she really different from her niece or goddaughter, Maxie? Huh. Because Maxie was always that person that has that obvious reputation, right? And Anna yes. is like Anna Devane. But the but like, did you notice that it was either this week or last week where both of them were trying to set up their exes? Yes, that not was set last up last week, right? So I feel like they were sort of drawing a little bit of a parallel there. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I really appreciated hearing Martin's perspective. He didn't want to hear it, but like, also something that I thought was kind of odd. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have been Alex. Right. You know? Okay. Oh my God. So there's so many things when we, when we break this down, it's like, was Holly wearing a Lucy mask? Was Holly wearing an Alex mask? Is Alex really alive? Is that her name? Am I getting it right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but, but it's true though. Is someone, basically this is our question. Is someone wearing a mask? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Somebody someone tell us that meanwhile what they're proposing the soap opera they're like we're gonna double check this footage because how convenient the drone was there the drone mm-hmm. could have changed holly's face and i'm like <laughs> wow okay sure or it could have been a mask because right? does everybody remember when Faison wore a duke mask Exactly. And they're bringing up all these old school kind of like storylines, the way Lucy acts with Victor, Victor's like way of flirting. <laughs> it's just all very old school. I-, I love it. Victor is functioning in the world. It's just very, <laughs> it's of a brand. <laughs> so let's keep, let's keep listing all this stuff that's like not great. So I liked, I liked when Jordan was questioning Anna. So when like, when like Anna starts telling her stuff, Jordan's yeah. all like questioning, well, how hard did you really try extracting her? Right? And Anna's face, you know, so I felt like it was starting to kind of hit a little bit. But even on this scene, right? I was like, seriously, Anna Banana, did you really just call <laughs> Valentine about Lucy in front of Victor? Like, did that really happen? I'm like, this is why it's not hard to beat you. I'm just saying, okay, this is why it's not difficult. Like, this is how he baited you. You know what I mean? Like, he's counting yes. on your obsession. And it kind of bugs me because, like, she's learned absolutely nothing from Peter. And she owed the people she loved and the people around her to kind of, like, do better. Yes. And, again, I feel like she's being so reckless and... Now she's just using, like, her love for Luke as the reason to be this chaotic. She always has to have a mission and a purpose that is something bigger. And if we're calling out all the things that went wrong, I was killing myself laughing. When Jordan actually let her go in the room and that whole finger wag and chase around the table, dying, dead. But I was just like, hey, first of all, like... You're never in control. That That's just no. how I felt. Like, she's never in control. And that's the point. Like, 
because even a Victor, like Victor's good, but so is Valentine. <laughs> I find, you know what I mean? And this is why Victor and Val, I'm going to use Valentine though. I think this is why Valentine can do what he does because he can kind of stay focused. And Anna really just can't like, she botched that whole thing. It was like amateur hour. And I was really yes. glad that, um, Jordan removes her from the room, calls her out on her behavior and is like, okay, got it. Got it. And she's ready to go back in. <laughs> yes. I'm like, what is the matter with you? And at least she had one spy idea because there were no spy ideas like no. th- throughout this whole thing that she's like, they're like, she finally put two and two together that they're pinning it on her. Okay. So that she, she, she put together and she's like, let me just go figure out where else they're going to possibly plant evidence. And so she goes to her car, but even that as a spy, like, I first of all I thought she was breaking into a car because she opened her car door with, like, <laughs> such drama. And then it was her car. And I'm like, this is how spies search. She's like, where would someone plant evidence? She looked at the seats and then she opened yeah. the glove box. <laughs> that was it. And then what she did was she opened her trunk and then looked into the bags, was about to close the trunk. And then she's like, wait a second. I'm a spy. Should I do more? And then she decides to lift that thing and finds the whole outfit. No, but I'm crying because you're like, she finally figured out they're trying to put this on her, but it's like, because she saw her face on the security camera. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel even then it took a minute. It did. It really did. But like, even when she was like, oh my gosh, this is so obvious. I'm being framed. And I'm like, oh, Okay, I would have been like, whoa, like, is my sister back? You know what yes. I mean? And also, yes. you have a phone. You were, le- you were legit, like, it could track your location. Because at the time of the shooting, you were legitimately on Pier 47. Technology, or, yeah. Right? Like, there's so many holes in this, I'm just saying. <laughs> Logistics corner. But Martin's mm-hmm. really upset, though, about, like, his girlfriend being shot. I would be too. <laughs> I would be too. But oh my God, the expression like Victor start early on for face acting. Like that was wild. Also the DA, the she's back. Yes. And oh, yeah, she's, yes. But she's very um like she doesn't seem to be on the side of like her workplace it just felt like (laughs) because she gets there and she's like oh my gosh so sorry Mr. Victor Evil are they botching this again like it was just so strange and I guess if you think about the Trina case I'm sure she felt that like the commissioner didn't back her ah yes Mm, you know it's, it's very subtle but it's very clear the DA is already picking sides and it's not like the side of law enforcement no, she's in the gray zone. It's like, as the DA, you know, there's a Victor character, and then there's Anna. And while Anna doesn't work for the police station, she was commissioner. And even though she botches a lot of things, it was like, <laughs> okay, well, there's an obvious line. But the DA is not going on the obvious line. No, she really isn't. So, okay, wait a second. So we were talking about the whole mask thing. Like, is it Holly being Alex Anna? Um, or, or is it the other way around but what we do know is that there's a holly body there's a holly body that was all that was dressed all in black so we thought that was lucy so we were all like we were all relieved right that day so like we all thought okay lucy's fine she got shot and i just kept thinking man well should i actually say what i really (laughs) wrote (laughs) 
because I thought oh, she went to the Tano. <laughs> oh my, so did Johnny. Oh, that's so funny. Yay, Johnny. He, he said, he said, did she land in Nixon Falls? Love it. And it turns out she landed mm-hmm. in the Quartermain. So before we found out it was Holly, I'm like, so Pier 47 leads to the Quartermain Mansion? I'm like, I love Port Charles geography. It was so confusing because the way it was laid out, it, exactly that. It looked like Nixon Falls. And then all of a sudden, that's exactly where the boathouse is. I'm like, wow, I really need a map of the city. I was so thankful, though, because I'm like, that's amazing. Like, if only Sunny found the boathouse <laughs> when he, it could have saved everyone a lot of grief. Um, and, so, and so I just kept thinking, wow, like, she was shot in the stomach twice. But yet yeah. she's, like, crawling. Not only did she survive, you know, floating, but then she crawls and gets up and just walks <laughs> off. I was like, this is incredible. And I kept trying to stare. I'm like, was that really her outfit, though? And then it's Holly. But, like, it's a bad Holly. She put Robert's phone on. Do not disturb. That was, like, the most hilarious thing. So, one, there was blood on her feet, but she didn't have any wounds. And then, yes, the not-so-evil-but-evil phone gesture. It, I don't know what this all means. Do you know what I'm call- thinking? Oh no, she, didn't, she, didn't, she didn't call Ethan. It's not as dramatic as you think, but I'm like... Okay, okay. I'm like, what if just, because you don't like how Robert was pining for Holly. And I mean, obviously, she's probably not Holly Holly right now. Like, she's probably not herself. She doesn't seem like it. No. But like, what if this is just a stepping stone for Robert to be with Diane? Because they shared a scene this week. Oh, 100% I am all for. Because Robert, they've been flirting for a while. And then it got more hardcore. So then I was like, yay, Diane and like Robert. And then Robert sees Holly, but once she put his phone on Do Not Disturb, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she is so underhanded. And like, <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta be careful. We gotta keep an eye on this one. No, but like, really, I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> also, has she been hooking people? It's hard to know. I don't know. So, I mean, we know she's messing with people's phones, but is she murdering people? <laughs> yeah, is she hooking? <laughs> and her expression like it's so hard to tell because she's so her her eyes are so wide and she's just it looks like obviously she's in shock but it also can get misconstrued for like evil exactly are you shocked or are you evil which is it <laughs> did you do something bad or are you just surprised to see me like you know like, don't we throw don't... me a surprise party you don't know what's gonna happen you don't know what's gonna get <laughs> But I'm thinking, like, how many people, like, look, let's just say it's Victor, right? Victor's working Mm -hmm. with Holly. He obviously orchestrated the Lucy thing. Mm -hmm. So let's say it's Holly. I don't think that's the hooker because at one point he tells his henchmen, we need to pretend that Esme is alive and nowhere near Port Charles. So, like, why would you start murdering people that, let's say, Esme has in common? Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. So I think it still might be two different people. Also, weapon of choice. One was a hook, and the other was a gun. That's where I'm at. <laughs> That's where I'm at I, love, I love this investigation. The m M&M and yes. investigation. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really worthwhile. Um, you should probably keep listening. Uh, you'll be so impressed. <laughs> okay, <Welcome>. good. <laughs> good stuff about Anna. Is when she's in scenes with Valentine. So they were talking. 
And then he's all like, you know, Valentine, right? And then she teases. Actually, a couple of my favorite lines did come from Anna. So when he starts like being flirty, and then she's like, "So it's the bed you like? It's expensive. It doesn't sound as good now, but if you were watching, <laughs> it was pretty okay." Was and good. so that was that was one of them. And then he, with confidence, says, "I love you," knowing Anna. Banana is kind of like very hesitant. You know, he was just like with confidence, like, look, I'm just going to say this because I'm the adult in the room and then I'm going to leave because I'm cool. (laughs) And and she's like, I don't know. Um, And then she calls Robert, I'm pretty sure, like right after. But another favorite line I had was when she was arguing with Lucy and said, this isn't some charity gala or TikTok challenge. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm like, they talk about TikTok. We're so relevant, all of us. (laughs) Oh my god, we don't have TikTok. No, I don't. <laughs> like, I like I, I like I look at TikTok adjacent material. Me like too. I'm so old that I'll look at a TikTok that may be popular through YouTube. Okay. Like I, I, I need a YouTube to look at a TikTok. So yeah, it's okay. I'm okay with not being cool. It's totally fine. Uh, okay. Also, what was that guy looking for? Because they showed so many of him. I'm like, how many? Are kidding me? And then I realized it was just this dramatic scene of him like bouncing around our house. But what was he looking for? I'm like, is he looking for Anna? Like, is he? Yes. I don't know. Was he? Was, okay, so was he looking had, for a laptop? I don't know. I had two. I had similar thoughts. And again, I don't okay. know why my brain went to funny as well. So like, oh my god, there's there's two of them. So like, okay, dramatic scene. Love the way they film the scene. And I'm like, oh, he's looking for Anna. But then he looked in a drawer. So I'm like, okay, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, yeah. And then, and then he was shocked that there was an upstairs. <laughs> But then he announced himself. He's like, it may be upstairs. And I'm like, where did you just go look? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm assuming you've broken it in. Like, why are you thinking out loud? Just go. Go do your thing. I know. So I'm like, what piece of evidence? Like, based on the necklace, which really, really bugged me. And I would have used a harsher word. But, you know, this is our podcast. Maybe he was looking for car keys. No. I mean, he could have broken into a car, right? <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I don't know. This whole story is about reaching, so we're reaching. Some stories just are meant to be unsolved. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) And good night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We're going to move on, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, to another fun one. Okay, Nicholas. Oh, Nicholas. I laughed so hard. When he, like, he obviously doesn't know how to kidnap people. Like, I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad quality, okay, in a person. But I love when he's like, okay, so she's like, okay. So he opens the door, and he, like, hustles inside. And he's, like, shuffling inside. He's like, move. Move from the door. It's like, why don't you just bring a stick to keep her at bay? Like, like, like I just, that's what I, but I mean, she actually managed to unlock the door. It was pure luck Nicholas was on the other side of that door. Oh, heck Yeah. Honestly, I was so, I was holding my breath because I'm like, how can she escape again? Like, we want to see this villain, like, captured. There were moments that I was, I actually felt some softness for her. Like, when they talked about, like, nobody cares about you. And then she, like, throws it down. <laughs> I felt you really have, sad. You're like, I felt really compassionate when he kept telling her, like, no one cares if you live or die. No one cares. <laughs> 
But then she had a tantrum and her baby put her in check. And then when he locked her in the bathroom, first of all, I didn't know where he put her so that he can move things out of the room. But like you said, it just made me think of the whole thing that he can't kidnap. So he sticks her in the bathroom and is moving every single thing out of the room by himself. It was just all very humorous. Because he's trying to get Ava's stuff out. But I thought it was really funny how he's like, you're not going to get anything. I'm taking everything out. No luxuries for you. And at one point when he was trying to point out how horrible she was, he starts listing all the underhanded acts she's committed. And and then ends it with, and seducing me. And she's like, it wasn't that hard. Like, it was just, (laughs) I, I really love that. How he won't stop trying to get everyone to believe that he was somehow heavily manipulated. I know it's like it would have been better if like he was drugged or something but like no he like willingly took 5.5 seconds and jumped on her it was so this is why it's like so funny like I'm loving this like we have comical Nicholas but here you we see that he's still capable of like the dark side okay but when Esme was talking to herself and she was talking about Nicholas and then she's like oh just wait until you meet your brother like uh (laughs) I know it's so weird but she actually spilt about her dad that there's a dad I know. And then she said he'll be sorry, and he will be. <laughs> so, and and then, and then Ava came <laughs> over, and I was like, Nicholas is acting so suspicious, and she, like, I don't understand, like, how, like, you were at a bar, she was at the Metro Court, Victor says stuff to her, then mm. she takes a boat to talk to Nicholas, and he's acting super suspicious, but is so happy when he's like balls in your court. Then she takes a boat all the way back to the place she was. And Victor, who is supposed to go meet Lucy, and Lucy's possibly dead, and the cops are called. He leaves the crime scene, also makes it back to the Metro Court in time <laughs> to talk to Ava. And he's like, yeah, we've both been really screwed. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Like, it's not weird. That, like, like you're supposed to meet Lucy, your business partner, air quotes, and that she could be dead. And now you're just back, like, la-di-da with Ava trying to hit on her. All of that was really bizarre, but I liked the emphasis on the fact that, you know, we're still getting those. Ava's gut check is not working. So is Sunny's, and that's why they're getting along mm-hmm. these days, because they're very aligned in terms of their choices when it comes to love. So that scene with Nicholas really, like, oh. emphasized it, because... I mean, come on. She really should have gone up to that tower. She should have been able to catch his, like, when he does those big puppy eyes, like, I swear, everything is just right, and it's just dusty. Well, I don't want your hands to touch it. It was a moment he said, I, I, I like to be very hands-on. I'm like, how does your husband randomly tell you a new fact? There are right? no new facts. There's no new facts. Uh, yeah, I was really kind of surprised at the fact that she didn't catch on. But what I don't disagree is that he is her equal as opposed to Nicholas. Yes, though. So. But you're but it's just but at the same time, like think about your dynamic. Like why? Like why would she turn around and be like, Okay, I'm struggling in my marriage. I love my husband, but you know what? His uncle just hit on me. Yay. Right? Like I wanted to have a relationship with a normie. Like we've been talking about this for a really long time. We just want like somebody who's not a Cassidyne, no evil ties, just like a regular person. Yeah, I don't know who that could be for her. I really don't. I don't, but I like I'm just I'm still hanging on to hope. Honestly, I just felt like if Nicholas, like I don't know if this is smart or not, but he could have like let Ava in on the whole Esme thing. So rather than let's say trusting Victor, Victor is already trying to force you to divorce her. 
like, what was the point of lying even more? Like, while I get she's pregnant, I mean, you could have looped Ava in and that would have at least, like, bonded you or whatever. Oh, I totally agree. From the minute they were in the hospital and he did that confession, I mean, she had the idea to videotape it, but he always, he's on the side of what the answer's really supposed to be. Like, he, he's not really on the point. And, yeah, I do agree. that. If oh, yeah. Was, yeah, like, if he brought her into the loop, she would have had a way better plan, a strategy to keep exactly. her in track. Like, it would have actually, like, moved forward in a way that would have given me confidence. I think so. You know what? Honestly, I actually doubt it, though. Um, like, not that she would have had a terrible plan, but I actually think she might have leaned on Sunny. Like, I don't know if Ava could have concocted a plan all by herself because she's not in the mob. And I don't know if, like, the thing is, I don't think Nicholas wants Victor involved because he doesn't want to be further under Victor's thumb. Exactly. So it it is a strange actual situation that they're in, though, because I I actually don't know if those two could have handled it by themselves. Huh. Resources-wise. Exactly. It's like, will Nicholas, because he is butting heads with Sonny, but will he kind of swallow his pride a little bit and go and see him for help. Oh my gosh, never. I don't think so. <laughs> He's got to be really desperate, but we're in a, such a strange situation right now. I mean, who knows? If he ever visits his son in prison and finds out right. that, like, that Cyrus is reformed, maybe I could see Nicholas trusting Cyrus before trusting Sonny. Okay, when you put it like that, especially with what Cyrus has been doing lately, like, I freaking loved him throwing an early start at him he just completely rocked those scenes. And so did Spencer, but their and their yeah. chemistry together, so good. They were actually really good. So, like, this is one of my favorite lines, was when they were talking about magazines are full of holes, and then yes. Spencer goes, so is your redemption story. And I yes. like that they highlighted that, right? They made it so obvious. I mean, Cyrus obviously planted the shiv on that other guy. It's, I don't know. It's 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 interesting, and I liked how it's being handled, right? It's not, even though it's happening rapidly, the pace is not terrible, right? Like, how they're doing it. Like, Spencer is not just turning around, just throwing his trust at him. He's skeptical, and then it was like a gesture, the book. It was interesting <gasps> to me. Oh, the book for a book. Spencer knowing yeah. the Bible. I was like, OMG, you guys are like, oh my God, it was amazing. It was like sparkly and wonderful. But, like, I don't, it's so funny because Laura's already losing her mind with, let's say, Spencer's bond with Victor. Imagine her losing her mind with his bond with Cyrus. She's going to come back to a whole new world. She's been gone quite a while. It is, though. I (laughs) find so, uh, that's like a whole other story. But I really loved a little bit of the Spencer story that we did get to see this week. Okay, so let's just head to the Metro Court, okay? under new ownership so we're finally getting some nina olivia scenes because we saw them being contentious obviously soon after the purchase of the hotel then we saw this nice gesture between olivia and nina where she complimented her at brando's funeral but we really Mm -hmm. haven't seen much else in terms of what's actually going on with that situation yes that's true so nina thinks that everything is all good and she's trying and olivia reminds her that like, no, it is not kind of all good. I still want to buy you out. I still want you out of here. And she makes it very clear. She can't trust her. Yes. What I kind of got confused is why on earth Nina's rebuttal to that was um, so much for being civil. And I was like, 
what? Like being civil and trusting someone are two different things. She's saying she wants to work with someone that she trusts. But Olivia pointed out to you that she's not over what you did to 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 like to Sonny's family and friends. And she pointed out that I, I like that, right? Making that something obvious. Sonny might be okay with all of it, but it doesn't mean that I am. Like, and that's the really big thing. Um, because I kind of thought that like with Brando's death and mm-hmm. Sonny being exposed to grief, like just confronted with it would understand a little bit more because that has been a bit of the missing piece. Like we talk about Sonny not taking accountability, but Mm -hmm. it was the fact that there was no shared experience. Like all those people, what they have in common is that they actually grieved Sonny. They actually lived in a world where they thought they had lost him, that he was dead. And they all bonded over that. They all shared that loss. And it's not something that they forget. Ironically, Nina runs around talking about grief all the time and everything she's lost. But Sonny never lost anything in this experience. Like, yes, you can say he lost it when he came back, but not really. Like, since he's came back from Nixon Falls, he's been focusing on his gains, which was all these new relationships and access to a different part of himself. Yes. And he did lose people after the fact, but he participated in that. He walked back into his life. It was handed back to him. Of course, it was a shock to see Jason and Carly together. But... Mm -hmm. But I really feel that he milked that and used it as an excuse. Because oh, he, he made no attempt, right, at, like, taking back what was his. He pushed away everything that was handed back to him. So that's going to have to be something that I think hits for Sunny. I liked Nina's, um, not liked, I was entertained by Nina's perspective. Because we have Nina always, like you said, trying to defend her world. And then we have her trying to navigate this new world but still with that twisted perspective of being queen like you said last week and being entitled to a certain level of respect and and in being embraced into a community right this is what i'm laughing at because you're using the words like twisted and crown and i wrote she's really a twisted carly and then i wrote <laughs> it's not just the crowned as sunny's like girlfriend she's crowned as carly is what i think she thinks that throne that that like crown is that she's wearing Oh, 100%. So there were a couple of funny things throughout. So right before that scene with Olivia, you know, it starts off with Sunny and her making out and he's trying to get her to play hooky. And she's, you know, oh, so dedicated to her job. And the minute he gets a phone call about work, he's like, okay, peace out. And he leaves. I'm just like, so you wanted her to ditch her hotel and you got one phone call and you're like, peace out. And she's just standing there like a statue, not knowing what to do next. So I thought that was kind of funny. She does, but that's, it's so funny because it's not the first time they have like awkward parting like that. And she kind of wiggles and laughs and contorts her body when all this happens. But what got me a lot was when Sunny comes to see her after seeing the fight. And it's just gross. Like, honestly, like, I don't know how Sunny can like stand for this, you know, like you forgived her, but then to move forward with her, like, and you just keep supporting her. Like, I just don't understand that. Like, there's certain actions that are wrong. But, like, the hotel, the fact that Olivia is somebody close to you and it hurts Olivia and, like, and like Nina just keeps digging her heels in. Like, I think it's really hard for everyone, like, watching him stand by her to this extent. But it's when Sunny comes back, she says, oh, well, you know, she's, like, everyone, she's mad about what I did to your family. But I'm looking out for them now. And I just couldn't believe that that was her spin on things. 
I I wrote that. I was like, wow, that's a hell of a twist. And like her eyeing TJ. And I was so excited. First of all, I couldn't believe she was bold enough to kind of like walk over there. And I was kind of hoping TJ would make it obvious and just sort of out her. But then they ended up like dividing, right? Curtis ends up asking to speak to Sonny in private. And frankly, that was not at all how I thought that was going to go. Like, it's kind of weird. Okay, their whole friendship is kind of weird. Because remember, yeah. he's like, I guess we're not friends. And Chris like, maybe we're friends. I'm mad at you. Now we're friends. But they're perfect mental match right now. They really, really are. And it kind of hit me, though. Because, like, we understand the whole Curtis storyline, right? We know that he already has mm-hmm. a kid. We know that he's wanted a kid. We know it's all this schizophrenia stuff. But I kind of got jolted when he directly brings up this idea of Sonny being tested for Alzheimer's. And it was really weird, the thought of, like, that ever happening to Sonny's character. Hmm, makes me kind of sad, even though I'm mad at him. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So I was kind of like, oh, like, hit with that? I'm like, Chris, that's heavy. Like, you just threw something at us that was so (laughs) heavy. For an answer to something you already knew the answer of. Because mm-hmm. he brings the topic up to Sonny. And Sonny's like, well, it's kind of past the time for that. He's like, but, and then he's like, it's about my family. And Sonny's like, well, if it's about, like, your family, he knows what he means. You're considering expanding your family and having a baby. And it sounds like the responsible thing to do was to do the genetic testing. This is not even a conversation. It's right? just making a statement and feeling scared and just wanting to tell someone. Oh, Curtis. He just Curtis it up. Exactly. And then they go back. And by the way, like, I, like, loved how TJ answered, like, handled Nina. I loved it so much. Like, you know, we, we've seen different versions of TJ, that really silly, like, lets things go kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. But I love, because you can see how serious he is when it comes to Nina. It is so yes. cool watching a normie see Nina. Because in yes. the show, we have camps, right? We've mm-hmm. got like Auntie Nina, or like we lo- like or supporters of Nina. We we yes, that's actually true though. We have firm supporters of Nina, and then we have other people like a Maxi, who loves Nina but doesn't support her actions. We have a mix, mm-hmm. right? We have a little bit of that, a little bit of this. But TJ is one hundred percent a normie, flat oh, out yeah. a normie. He does not have extreme feelings about any of it. He's like, it is what it is, whatever. But now he's getting pulled into it. And I love hearing things through his lens. I love that he's like, that's Dr. Ashford. Like, I love that he realized that, okay, this woman is like out of bounds. And she needs kind of like really firm boundaries, straight to the point. No indulging any of her crap. None. And that's what he does. He doesn't indulge her in any way. So that's why I love how he handles himself, how he tells her he owes her absolutely nothing. And I couldn't believe he said that, that she has a reputation for coming between people. Don't let that be truer than it already is. Oh, my God. It was so good. So good. But her rebuttal was, enlighten me. Enlighten me as to why you're friends. (laughs) It was so gross to hear that she felt entitled to know yes. the details of his friendship with Willow because of, like, again, like, like reaching. Because Wiley is her grandson that she does not have access to by law. The courts have decided she is not fit to interact with this child, but she feels fit to police his, his parents' marriage. Okay, like, that TJ was amazing. 
and I also loved because we talked about this is that Sonny, even though he didn't react and that was really annoying, he did put into play the fact that he's known TJ for a very long time. Oh, yeah. And I don't even, like, part of me is like, does she not know that? Because he goes, I've known him since, like, he was a kid. Like, TJ lived with him. Yes. And he, I feel that what Sonny did was he made it very clear that he knows TJ and that's not like him. And I feel like he was saying way more than that. I think he was trying to say, like, TJ's not vindictive. He's not the type to get, like, pulled into any drama. And I think it's kind of obvious and clear. So I was just super unhappy that once... Sunny communicated that TJ is somebody he's fond of, has respect for, that she decided to undermine that and attempts to paint a picture that he's as vindictive as her and that Willow has poisoned him. Like, that's where I found this is where she might be starting to push things a little too far, and I'm here for it. Like, I oh, feel yes, like I... these are the cracks because, because he's a neutral party, right? And we talked about this last week. We kind of unpacked that whole situation that – She's pulling at threads and he's going to start to notice things. And there's only so long that she can keep up that front. And with losing Brando and the situation with Michael, yes, he has decks that he's mentoring, but he's new. TJ is, I would put him under the umbrella of like, he would see him as a son. Don't mess with him. He's the only one I have left to protect. Let's not forget when TJ was taken at one point, I believe mm -hmm. it was Sunny who went without backup and possibly unarmed to go save TJ. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh and, I, and I think it was like Jake Doe who came in to the rescue. So he has a history with him and I cannot believe that could actually be a thing of like a rebonding of Sunny and TJ. I'm loving it. I really am I'm so excited, but I really love those scenes as much as like it grates me to see Nina like that. I still really enjoy them. I found it was a really, really satisfying scene. And also, again, I think a lot of us are just excited for the day that Sunny sees that side of her because like it's TJ, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's TJ. He's a sweetheart and not to mention he's supposedly like your favorite person's nephew and she turned on the ugly with him. Oh, yeah. And I really can't wait for the day that Sunny catches it full in action. And I'm curious in the context it'll happen. Because I do picture a breaking point where Sunny just loses it on her in front of someone dear to him. But it's hard to know. Is it going to be coming to Willow's defense? Is it a direct conflict between Michael and Nina? Or even worse, worse, will it be like a head-to-head -head with Carly and Nina, where she's taunting Carly, because Car like as we've seen this week, Carly mm. is moving on in really meaningful ways. Like her yes. life has dramatically shifted. So, like already when Nina was having these interactions with Carly, Carly was already kind of past it. Like, oh, like why is this still happening? Are you still around? <laughs> Have at it. I don't care about you and Sunny. So it's like that's even more so the reality now. So I am curious as to like. What's it going to be? Under what condition will this blow up with Nina and Sunny happen? Oh, no, you got me so hyped and excited. Like, oh, my gosh, Carly's world has been fantastic. And she's going to come back this confident, how do you say, like this, like, newfound confidence. Because she was confident. She got lost, you know, in the middle of all of this. And now she found herself again. And not only that, she's coming back with her best friend who she made out with. 
and helped her through this really difficult thing. And um, I watched that interview on Entertainment Tonight where mm-hmm. they talked about like their scene on the beach and how lovely it was to not only film in the real world, basically, but to film on such a beautiful beach. And they're like, everybody obviously wants them to finally get together. And they were kind uh-huh. of like, te- teasing at that, that that was what was going to happen and to like tune in. So it was really cute. Uh, you know what it reminded me of? What? Okay, so like back in the day, you started watching Junior Hospital and I would only see the last 15 minutes when I got back from school. Yes. And so when I saw those scenes, it reminded me when I used to like come home and you'd be watching it and they would do the Puerto Rico scenes. Yes, so true. <laughs> so that was also super cool for me. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like an outdoor beach scene. And so like, okay, she's had quite the journey. She finally had like a confrontation with that woman. Okay, her name is Peyton. Peyton. Yes, yes, I paid attention this week. <laughs> me too. And I have to admit, like, Carly did look like a kid while talking to that lady, but they, I I was skeptical in all honesty. Like, I didn't know if this woman was being ruthless or she was going to try to hurt her in a really gross way. But in the end, she ended up meaningfully apologizing to Carly and then gave her enough peace. So it's kind of like the battle is over because we didn't know how long that whole thing would go. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we knew it would keep her there. But I feel like they kept their word. They kind of hinted. Drew was like, I'll come stay for like three to four days. So, I mean, it's yeah. definitely like a fraction of what Nixon Falls was. Um, I love that Bobby was there to somehow push things along a little bit. Um, what I couldn't believe hearing from Drew was that Carly was as constant upon his return. I know. It was very cute, even though they were never together. <laughs> I know. And I mean, like, it was adorable to know that right because I think for us it was like okay Drew's back so we were all like okay Drew's back and like Jason had left and it was really chaotic so it is interesting sometimes hearing somebody talk about their story so hearing Drew kind of say like how lost he was when he came back and Mm -hmm. how disoriented he was and hearing that Carly played a really big role in kind of stabilizing that return because he had just bonded with Jason then lost him and yeah. like Jason meant a lot to him there at the end and he had Carly to kind of like you know go through that with as well as readapt to his whole life also with Carly that I have to say was like amazing was I I like I don't recall and I don't think I've seen this with Carly she's an like amazing character amazing actress but the level of vulnerability that came through in this like brief-ish storyline was insane yes. to me. Oh my god, it was wild. I mean, we talked about those scenes where she's describing what happened and just learning a little bit about her past. Like, it was truly unbelievable. Like, I agree that scene with Peyton where Peyton's apologizing, and you just see the her running the gamut of emotions of just consolidating, trying to trust what she's saying and really taking it in that she can finally let this go. But even when Drew walked in, right, mm-hmm. because he had also learned that the project didn't go through, yes. I was just shocked to see how, how like, she actually didn't hold it together, right? She was vulnerable. She let herself be upset. She leaned into yeah. him. She looked really lost because a lot of the times the Carly and Port Charles is the head of the family. We watched her when Sunny died. We watched her struggle. Yeah. But remember that scene with her and, her, and Elizabeth? This idea that they were broken, but as mothers had no choice but to hold it together. And now she's in a place where she doesn't have to take care of anybody but herself. So I thought that, anyways, I just thought it was really well done. Like, because, you know, it's not something that was as long as Nixon Falls. It was briefer. 
but enough significant things happen. So I loved how they handled like a Carly transformation in the time frame that they did because it was significant. Huh. It's funny because we're compared the, the comparison, her focus has always been family. And that mm-hmm. was very strongly the theme of her trip that got delayed. And it was about, you know, reconnecting with her past, her mom kind of apologizing and just saying sh- her worth. And then you contrast that with Sonny when he was in Nixon Falls. And even though he was wearing a wedding ring and family was his whole, you know, thing, it's my family, my family, my family. That was the last thing on his mind in Nixon Falls. So I just, I love, love that harsh contrast. That's so true. I don't know. Like if we dig a little deeper, it's like, what was going on with Sonny? In the uh, in Nixon Falls? Because <laughs> you talk about that contrast, you know, like we're at this place and, and that's a big thing, right? We keep saying, you know, with Michael, it's that for him, it's like, he doesn't live by a code anymore. The lack of loyalty, he kind of tossed his family to the side. And maybe it all is with trauma, but I just think like on that deeper level, like you pointed out, family has always been a thing for Carly and that's steady. And then like when with Sonny, like, sure, maybe it's all because he lost his memory and then everything kind of flowed from there. But it does make you wonder, like, is there something about Sonny's life? Is there something he's been carrying? Like for him to kind of put distance between the person he used to be? It's interesting because Carly started her family and all of those things because she wanted to be a certain way, not the way yeah. she grew up, but she wanted to be this new person. And Sonny's perspective, just looking at it, him being in the Tana was like, he felt that if he didn't start this life, he would be a different person. So, you know, like I don't know if that makes sense. Like I am who I am because of my family and my kids and I love them. I would never think that if I rewound time, that I would be a better person or a different person. I want to be this person. And it's like Sonny thinks if he rewinds his life, mm-hmm. that he wouldn't be this small person. He would he would be that softer Mike if he didn't make the decisions that he made. But that erases the whole entire life he built after Oh my after God. That. No, it totally does make sense in my mind. You really did answer my question. That is what it is about. What if I didn't enter the mob or I didn't make those bad decisions? Would I be a better person? Oh, yeah, that is totally what's happening. No, okay, so my, my deep, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, because you might have done what on paper looks like a better person, but like it, it's actually impacted like the, the relationships that matter most, except for the two children that he didn't get a chance to like that didn't live with him. That's what's also kind of interesting. It's like he's getting he's bonding with Dante and Christina and all, but it's really weird to see them as them three. Because we've right? literally never seen them interact. Oh my God, seriously. And then I love that he said that he pointed out that Michael is not his biological child, but he's the <gasps> one that's most like him. I loved that. But I was actually, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Ooh, for, years, Michael, from, for years, Michael was his son. Michael was his son. I was really shocked that Sonny even mentioned that they were not biologically related I was really surprised at that because part of like that whole family is that like you know like like Joss gets referred to as Dante's sister you know what I mean like the whole idea that like like family ties are so important that the label sometimes like who cares like we're family like that's all that it, it is so I don't know I was actually a little bit surprised like I understand like on the one hand you could look at it like Sonny saying Oh, like, we're not even related by blood, but he's so like me. Also, like, you legit raised him. Like, he lives in your house. Like, I don't know why that's such a shock. But I was just, but on the other side of it, it's like, Michael is just your son, plain and simple. He is your son. Like, that's it. 
point final, like your son. So I was just so surprised. Like, I don't even remember the last time I've even heard Sonny refer to his biology. I know, right? But two great things came out of that. We learned that Christina is going to a management leadership type training Mm -hmm. for her job, which was fantastic. I love hearing about her growth always. And one of my favorite lines was when Dante left and couldn't have dinner. And he said, thanks for nothing. And he giggled and he walks away. It was really cute. It is really cute seeing them together. I kind of like it. I'm a little bit in awe every time I see them together because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is happening. It's so weird watching everybody in their new circles. One thing that was really confusing about all that is Alexis's speech to Christina. It's always bad. It's always really <laughs> bad. I think it's always like just so shocking. Like, can't you? Just, like, it's like, do you want your relationship with your daughter or not? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, the girl, like, just stop talking. Like, it's basically what I have to say to Alexis. Just love her. That's it. Just focus on loving her. Focus on her happiness. And just stop. I agree. I it's love the so hard to watch. Hand. It is hard to watch. But what made me so happy is the way Christina handled herself. She kept her cool. You know, we know she's a good person. But I love that it was kind of said out loud that she, like, sent flowers, that she called Diane, and that she was able to say, well, yeah, because I know how to be a human. You don't. <laughs> I know, and I love Christina, and I'm so excited that she's back and we get to see more of her. And I think it's important that Alexis has a daughter that's going to help mold her into, like, more of a human. Yep. <laughs> right? It's time for Christina to take center stage. I agree. Totally agree. So Epiphany is taking her test. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. One of my favorite lines. One of my favorite lines. Can I say it? Yeah. <laughs> so she's nervous about her test. Marshall mm-hmm. is being so sweet and lovely, wishing her good luck. And I just love in the angriest of tone, you, you encourage me. Why would you do that? Who goes up to a near stranger and just encourages them? <laughs> it was so sweet watching her like melt down over all of this. Yeah. I was just stunned when Marshall points out, you've been studying for a year. And that kind of took me aback because, (laughs) like, Marshall was the one who mentioned you should go for it. And I know that. So in my head, I'm like, has Marshall been around for a year? (laughs) And so then I was taking a deep dive on our feed to find when I posted about, like, Marshall. When, when When did Curtis and Marshall have a confrontation? Um, in the club, and it was actually November 20th, 2021. Oh, wow. Can you believe okay. Marshall's been on the show for, like, almost a year? Nope. <laughs> My favorite was when she kisses him, and then he gets all, like, awkward and shy and happy, mm-hmm. and Portia's just smirking behind him. And he's like, I'm a jazz musician. This sort of thing happens all the time. And Portia's like, right, right, that must be so tough. But then... <laughs> But then he brings up secrets and relationships. Oh, yeah. And then Portia's face does that, <laughs> does that face. It makes that it's so funny to me. Like, I can't wait for that. It's just bad. Like, it's so bad. She knows it's bad. And it's getting worse. And I find it <laughs> so entertaining. Me too, because it's going to be so explosive. It's going to be explosive. Okay. Um... It's bad. Like, the Chase and Brooklyn thing, it took a turn. I think Chase finally goes in his mind, what's the plan? Right? Okay. I don't even know. (laughs) I thought about you because I'm still like, okay, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Nope. Still don't know. And I just feel bad for Chase because, like, I didn't think it was going to take this turn. I I legit thought, like, 
he would just shift over careers, you know? And yes. I found it was so terrible. Like Chase is talking to Ned about like Holly and being really into it and wanting to help people. And she interrupts him to like show him comments. Yeah, that made me sad. And Ted notices yes. how, how he's feeling. Mind you, he's being a Ned in the moment. But like, and Brooklyn is just on another planet with this whole thing. And she ignores the the paper that Dante yes. sends about mm-hmm. how I'm just like my gosh like I didn't think that this was like a like a crash and burn situation because while it took them a long time to get together they have had a lot of friction a lot of fights and I don't know like I feel like this would be a really huge betrayal like it's one thing to like screw up on a small scale and make up for it but I, I don't know like there comes a point as Dante's warned her in the past that people just get fed up and I, I feel like Chase would be fed up if he finds out that she got in the way of his police life. Oh, it's so disappointing. I was really kind of rooting for them and this just uh yeah, it's really really frustrating. Yeah, and I kind of feel bad for like the women of deception. It's just not oh, going the best right now, no. especially with one of them shot and in like the water. So Maxie yes. and Sasha are together and I kind of love that. Um, So now we're seeing them bond and now I'm thinking, okay, there's a good chance that these two ladies, we might actually get like Sasha cemented into more of like a friendship um, with Maxie because look, Austin is like, ugh, like a temporary kind of guy. Yes. Like, he's not going to be there for the long haul with Maxie, that is. And so, like, even that, it's so awkward that Maxie can't see how shady the cousin's being. But I did like that the girls were together, but I feel bad, you know? Like, they don't know the depths of how bad things are because the video is being watched at the police station and they're freaking out over Lucy. And it's just like, yeah, Sasha's like, I can't lose anyone else. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Mm -hmm, I know. Like, it's just not good. It's not good. And, and I was also really frustrated the fact that Mason named all of Maxie's kids, that Austin mm-hmm. wasn't more furious about the whole thing. And we know, you know, the timeline is coming to an end because Mason's like, uh, she should stay as far away from you as possible. So I feel like that story is coming to a close soon, too. But I also like that, that he wasn't out to hurt Maxie. He was just saying they'd be better off without him. Okay. So I have this like bizarre theory. Okay. Shoot. It might be a real stretch, though. Because you know how like, Spinelli like let out his like secret and to what degree this is a bad thing so his whole like computer thing and how it's like um like he basically hacked the world and anybody who got access to his program could probably do like evil with it Mm -hmm. okay and so you have Maxi I sorry Spinelli and Spinelli is connected to like some people right we have a bit of Cody we have like you know he's in love with Maxi and then there's like Austin and all that stuff and he's not fond of Austin but then he also hired a figurehead who's a woman. And Austin and Mason make reference that whoever is leading things in Pawtuck is a woman. And it looks like they're also part of some organized crime family. And I'm like, what if the woman that's running things is Spinelli's figurehead and her whole game was about getting it? Whoa. But it's a stretch. It's like a really big stretch. But it's a soap opera stretch. It's a great stretch. We'll see, but I'm really curious as to know, like, what's happening in Pawtuck and why is Thanksgiving so epic over there? And I'm kidding. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but, I, but I am dying to know, like, what's happening there. Um, Cody, on the other hand, he's all worried about, like, Mac being, like, a good guy and him being a bad guy. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, just talk to a Maxie. Like, he raised Maxie. You're right? good. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I 
that whole thing was kind of funny to me, but it got Brit to kind of open up a little bit more. And I'm actually really digging this like low key mystery about Peter's box. I am, but also like low key shadiness about Cody. Like I think I he's ultimately not a terrible guy, but he's he's hiding something, and 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 like there's obviously something to the whole like Faison Peter obsession that he has. I don't know if you saw the story that I posted, but it makes me laugh because it's like she's back on Station 19, and yes. Johnny and I watched that, and I'm just laughing because her like her guy that she's sleeping with in Station 19, and like. And Cody on GH, they, like, look the same. It's so funny. Oh, my God. It's totally, what is it, like, doppelganger? I was like, yes. this is so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know, because she cause she basically yanked him into her stuff, saying, yes. like, we have to figure <laughs> this out. So I'm thinking they'll go off on an adventure while she's on Station 19, because she will be off the show for a little bit. So I don't know what's going on there, because it's like you still have the Mac and Cody stuff. Either way. Maybe she goes off alone, but I hope it's not for long. Exactly. Me too. Okay. Oh my gosh. We covered all the stuff. We talked about all the things. Do you have any favorite lines, stars to throw out? I gave you guys all my favorite lines. And I say that robotically because I'm sifting through my paper to make sure that I did. <laughs> um, so I will give stars now. I will proceed to star giving. I will give star to TJ. Yes. You go. Is that, is you, that it? You, you, take, you take a turn. I will I, take I, over. And Carly. Andrew. Yes, definitely to Carly. <laughs> um, definitely to Drew. I have a shirtless star. We did get a shirtless moment this week with Drew. So that was always. Oh, okay. <laughs> so good. Okay. Um, Six stars. Six stars. Okay, I have some favorite lines here. Uh, this one was from Lucy. Um, you th- oh, no, I think Anna said it. You think you can have your cake and eat it, too? And Lucy said, duh, that's the point of cake. I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> yeah, Lucy gets a star. Oh, my God. Okay, so there was just some observations, like tiny little snippet of observations. So, you know, the whole thing happens with Lucy. Dante calls the forensic team. I'm like, um, hello, where was the forensic team when everything happened to Oz? So I am still hoping that Oz is alive. Next. Me, too. He's probably alive. <laughs> yeah. Um. Scott was talking to Ava and said, oh, Ulbricht's babysitting. Uh, wouldn't you have loved to see that scene? Yeah. Another observation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when Olive, no, when Willow comes into the house, I'm like, there's a woman in the boathouse. And Michael goes to grab something. Like, Did he grab a spatula? <gasps> how are we forgetting that part? It was so good. First of all, how far is the boathouse? And like, so she's like super not feeling well see somebody in the boathouse and then the next scene cuts and she's back in the kitchen and I'm like should she be back in the kitchen I thought like I don't know like it's just like hold the person there because I didn't know who it was and I'm like <laughs> why why can anyone recognize Lucy's face is also what was happening to me and then like they're calling the police they think it's the hooker and then like Michael's like I got this so like and John's like what's happening because he heard like Olivia scream after someone I'm like, he grabbed a kitchen utensil and is going after the person in the boathouse. (laughs) And then then I'm laughing at that. Like, Michael just ready to be like, no, 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 like, I'll go get the serial killer. And Olivia being like, no, but she's also following him all the way there. It was just great. I just loved it. You know what? Olivia gets a star. And I hate to say it, but, like, Victor gets a star for just, like, villaining good. 
I totally agree. And I'm not going to lie. I'm giving Ned some love this week because I think he was really great with Chase. And he had this beautiful moment with Olivia where he's like, you know, you want to go to the hospital, right? You should just go. She's like, yeah, I'm totally dying of curiosity. Like, I need to go and find out what's going on. So just that, like, love and connection between them and the jokiness is It was really good. It was really good. So cute. Oh, my gosh. We did it. We really did it. It's Friday. Woohoo. That's a wrap, folks. Have a fantastic weekend. Bye. Bye.